Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us online again today. This morning, we are concluding our series based on the closing chapters of John's Gospel. And for me, there's always a tinge of sadness when we come to an end of a series. But, you know, this has been a great journey through John. And, and I trust you will want to go back and visit these chapters many times. And maybe hear other preachers online from our website or see them on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. Let me encourage you to take time over John again this week. But we're going to read this morning from the final chapter of John's Gospel. John chapter 21, and I'm going to read verses 15 to 25. And I'm reading from the New International Version. And this is what John writes. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And this is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. And Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Wow. What a way to finish. I want to encourage you to read the rest of that chapter throughout this week. But this is a beautiful conclusion to a gospel. Friends reunited with breakfast on a beach, served over a charcoal fire with fresh fish and fresh bread. I can almost smell it right now. And I'm longing again for the day when we can be friends and family reunited. To have breakfast on a beach, what a, what a joy that would be right now. A meal all together around the table. And that day will come again. Jesus gives us 
prophetic hope that it will. And this is another of those post-resurrection appearances. In fact, John tells us it's the third time that Jesus makes himself known to his friends and his followers. And it's a beautiful scene. Early morning on Lake Galilee, hungry guys fishing all night without success. By the way, that's my experience of fishing, no success. And then the unrecognizable stranger calling out to cast the nets on the other side, resulting in a monstrous catch of fish. It's the Lord, said John, who's also the gospel writer. And Peter, who's half naked, covers up and jumps into the lake to swim to Jesus. And breakfast is waiting. Jesus is the master chef. But there's some unfinished business that Jesus has got to do with Peter. He's got some talking to do with him. And what's the backdrop to this meeting? Well, I'm sure many of you know, but it happens around the Last Supper where Jesus drops the bombshell. You will all fall away on account of me. And Peter says, no way, Lord, I'll never do that. Even if all these others forsake you, pushing them all under the bus at this moment, I will never leave you. And Jesus, I'll even die for you. And Jesus tells him, Peter, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. And we know what happens. Jesus is arrested and Peter gets cornered around a charcoal fire. And one after another, ask him if he is a follower of Jesus. And three times he denies ever knowing Jesus. And one of the accounts in Mark tells us that he even calls down curses on himself to distance himself from Jesus. And then the cock crows and Jesus looks at him. And Peter is distraught and he, he goes out and weeps bitterly. And you know, so many of us know that moment. We've been there. I've been there. And so Peter knows this is coming, but here it is. And in this beautiful moment, we meet with the heart of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And this morning, he wants to meet with you and he wants to meet with me. And there's three things for us as he does that for us to grab hold of. The first thing is this. It's Jesus's heart for relationship. You see, Christianity is not first and foremost a religion of do's and don'ts. Please don't ever fall into the trap of thinking that's what Christianity is about. Because it is a relationship first and foremost with Jesus Christ. So Jesus, when he speaks to Peter, doesn't start with what he's done. He knows all that anyway. You see, you can't hide from his gaze. He sees, he knows. Now he starts with what is in Peter's heart. Because following Jesus 
is from the heart. Christianity is a heart response. And that's why Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? What's in your heart for me? Do you love me? And you see, when everything else is stripped away, in the cold light of day, when life is pressing in from every direction, do you love me? That's what really counts. And at this point, I'm, I'm reminded of a scene from one of my favorite musicals, Fiddler on the Roof. It's um, a great, great musical. If you ever get the time to watch, it's a bit long, but it's fantastic. And I know we've got time on our hands. Let me encourage you to have a watch of it. But it's a story about a Jewish family in Russia just prior to the revolution. And it centers on Reptavia and his world and all the changes that are happening, the traditions that he's grown up with being pushed to the very breaking point, especially as his daughters get married. But in the midst of all of that, he has this moment with his wife, Golda, and she asks, or sorry, he asks her, does she love him? And she says, do I what? And then they sing a song in which she says she's born his kids, she's shared his bed, she's darned his socks, she's cooked his meals, etc., etc., etc. And he says, yeah, yeah, I, I know all that. But do you love me? Do you love me? And Jesus asks the same of us. I know what you do. I know what you have done. I'm not interested in how religious you are. Do you love me? I want to ask you, what's in your heart for Jesus right now? Maybe for some of us, we're not sure that we can answer that with any great certainty. We know there is love, but we would love to love him more. Jesus says, I'll meet you where you are. And you know, this is what he did with Peter. Not only did he meet him physically where he was at Galilee, but he also met where he was in his spirit. And it's kind of reflected in the words that Jesus uses to Peter. He starts off by asking him, Peter, do you love me with a, it's, it's a slightly technical word, but it's agape love. It's, a, it's an unconditional, selfless love that's often associated with God. And, and he says, Peter, do you love me with this unconditional love? Do you give it all to me in love? And Peter replies, Lord, you know I love you. But, but he kind of lowers the, the bar a little bit. He says, no, I love you with a, with a filial love, which is a, a, a brotherly love. It's a love between friends. It's kind of not quite as high as that agape love. And he says, I love you with that, but I'm, I'm tentative to kind of push it more. Jesus comes back again and he says, Peter, do, do you love me with this agape love? And again, Peter replies, Lord, you know, you know that I love you with this filial love. But this is the point. Jesus then says, okay, Peter, do you love me with this filial love, with this brotherly love? In other words, I'll start where you are. Just where you are, I'll start. I'll, I'll come to you and I'll meet you there. And he's saying, Peter, I want to move you on from that place. 
I want you to come and love me with everything that you have, but I'll, I'll start there. And you know, that's what Jesus coming to earth was all about. It's him moving from where he is to where we are to lift us to where he is. Do you love him? Do you love him? What's in your heart? Give him what you've got right now. I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, will you just ignite fresh love in our hearts right now, wherever we are? We might be struggling, we might be clinging on by our fingertips, but Lord, we love you. And he says, I want to move you into a new level of love. But what's in your heart? But that then leads to the second thing. We see here Jesus' heart for restoration. You see, from that place of relationship and love, Jesus deals with our faults and failures and heals our brokenness. The truth is, there is sin, rebellion, me-centeredness, foolish, destructive ways, toxic attitudes, cheap and careless words. It's all there. And it needs sorting. And you and I can never live free in the present or the future unless our past is cleansed. And you can only do that with Jesus, who has the power to cleanse and restore. And that's what Jesus does with Peter. In utter love, but in utter thoroughness, Jesus confronts Peter with his failings. Not to rub them in, but to rub them out and to restore this man to his true destiny. Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? And three times he asks, each one for the denial that Peter made, so that that denial, each one, could be cleansed and healed. You see, a week earlier, the brash Peter, the arrogant Peter, the man who was afflicted like most of us with foot-in-mouth disease, would have jumped right in. Of course I do, Lord. Of course I love you. I'm the man. You can rely on me. But now he's been gently humbled and brought to a place of relying utterly on Jesus. You know, Lord, you know that I love you. Let me tell you, I know about a Jesus who meets broken men on a beach and restores them because I'm that man. In 2015, I came to the end of myself, or as close as I dare want to ever imagine. I looked over the edge of the cliff of burnout or what some call breakdown, and I realized I was falling. But in amazing grace, Jesus caught me. I fell in the timing and purposes that he had into a holiday in France. I've got to be honest with you, in my mind, ministry was over. I felt a failure. I was driven to the point of exhaustion, riddled with insecurity and competitiveness, 
consumed by programs and strategy. I was aware of hugely ungodly attitudes and weaknesses. And do you know, in my head, I'd even written my resignation letter. After a couple of days of being in this beautiful place in France, having some food and just rest, my wife Ginny said, go to the beach on your own. I think she'd had enough, but she was very wise. And it was a glorious day. I tell you, it was a perfect azure blue sky, not a cloud, it was beautiful sunshine. The sea was crystal blue and warm, and I was on my own away from everyone, miles of sand, nobody around. And I started to read a book called Simplify. And the Holy Spirit in that moment just undid me. I'm sobbing, I'm repenting. I'm saying, I'm sorry, Lord, I got this messed up. I got this wrong, I'm so sorry and he's healing me, and I tell you what, I'm so glad no one was close because it was very snotty. But one by one, it was almost like the Lord pulled out all this rubbish, and it got sorted. And I know I can sing this song, which some of us know, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fant I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And you see, my friends, this sin-conquering, death-defeating king can restore you. Just as he did Peter on a beach in Galilee and me on a beach in France or you wherever you are right now. Because you see, he's the God of the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth chance. He's the God who heals your past so you can flourish for him in your future. Because he's the God of restoration. Come on, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? He calls you to come and get it sorted. I just want to invite you wherever you are, because I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you right now. And some of you probably are feeling those tears. You're feeling that sense of, I've, I've dropped the ball. I've messed up. There's no way back for me. And Jesus says, there's always a way back because I went to the furthest part where it can ever, ever be. And I've come back from it and I've conquered it. And so there's nothing you can do that can ever separate you from my love or from what I can bring you. And I want you right now, if that's you, just... To, to reach out to Jesus, to put your hand in his hand and say, Lord, I, I want your restoration. I want you to wash me clean. I am so sorry. I want to be like Peter, restored. Failure is never the final word with Jesus Christ. And Jesus wants to pick us up and give us another opportunity because that's his heart. And that's the freedom that God's forgiveness brings. It's just amazing. It's outrageous. And I love it. Someone once wrote this, reflecting on how God had restored them. And they said, you asked me what forgiveness means. It is the wonder 
of being trusted again by God in the place where I disgraced him. Peter learnt that. And you know what? In just a few days' time, on the day of Pentecost, what emerged was a man of boldness and courage. A man who relied not on himself or his abilities, but on the Holy Spirit. He preached the sermon that laid the foundation of the church in Jerusalem. Jesus had truly sorted his weakness and restored him to service. And that's the final thing that I want to leave with us. Jesus' heart for recommissioning. There is a commission to complete when we come to Jesus. And Peter is recommissioned for service. He's not just a fisherman. Jesus had told him right at the start, I'll make you fishers of, a fisher of men, not just a fisherman in looking for fish. But even now, Jesus defines it more. He says, you're not just a fisher of people. You're also a shepherd. And that's what feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep is all about. Actually, church, this is about following Jesus. It's doing his ministry. It's doing the things that he did. You may have many things that define you in terms of your profession or your job or your work or whatever it is that you do in life. But when you come to Jesus, you become a fisher of people and a shepherd who feeds and takes care of his flock. That's the calling that he puts on you. And you feed with the promises of the gospel. The great news that I've just shared today. You take care of people in love and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because this isn't just about practical care. It's about supernatural inbreaking kingdom power that heals the sick and sets the captives free and, and destroys the strongholds of the enemy. And you feed all around you with the truth of God's word. And I just feel prophetically that this is a time of recommissioning for his church in our time, across the world, for us. Right now, he's resetting our focus and our ministry. That's what he's doing. That's what shutting church buildings and sending us out to do it in different ways is all about. It's getting our focus back on, on taking care of sheep and feeding lambs and feeding sheep. Because that's where it's at. And church, you need to know it's costly. Jesus said to Peter, you know, there's going to come a day where your, your hands are going to be stretched out and it won't be your will, but it will be mine. And you know, as we're stretched out, it means that our wallet will be opened. It means our talents will be available it means that our heart will be open to do all that he says. That's the calling. That's the calling. That's the recommissioning. Feed and take care of my flock. And All Nations Church, do you know who you are? You're my flock. And I commission you to follow me, says Jesus. I've set you here with purpose for the lost, for the poor, for the needy. They are my lambs and my sheep. I've not called you just for yourselves, but I've called you for this community, for Bedford 
and beyond. And you must follow me. I just want to invite you to stand if you're able to do so. I want to pray and I want to just invite you to respond to this amazing saviour who meets us where we are. And the first thing I, I want to ask is, what's in your heart for Jesus? Maybe you might want to tell him, Lord, I love you, but I want to love you more. Lord, let love overflow in my heart for you right now. Just ask him to fill you with his love. Maybe some of you, for the first time, you're, you're feeling that sense of needing to come to Jesus. And I want to invite you right now just to maybe even kneel. Kneel before him. Get down on your knees and just say, Lord Jesus, I, I want to know you. I want to know how you can restore me. Please will you heal me and make me clean. Just come and do it. And where you've messed up, and many of us know what that feels like. We've all dropped the ball. We've all got stuff. We've all got rubbish. Just come and humble yourself and say, Lord, I got it wrong. Lord, you know. Please forgive me. And just receive his restoration right now. Some of you have got questions, and I, I just want to invite you to come and do something. We're, we're starting even this week on the 29th of April, which is a Wednesday, a daytime alpha, and then on Tuesday the 5th of May, an evening alpha. We're going to do it online. And it's a fantastic place for you to ask all the questions and to meet with a saviour who restores. You'll need to contact us because we'll need to send you a link, but I want to invite you personally to come and be part of that. Lord Jesus, break out right now and do your work and help us to be those that go and feed your sheep and take care of your flock. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.